Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday morning as I take you into this week once again. We're still without basketball. It's a tough place to be. But the interesting thing about it is everybody's a part of it. This extends way beyond the basketball world, way beyond the sports world even. Lots of people are affected with their jobs with their interests, with their families, social activities. This is something that is still affecting everybody, and it doesn't seem like it's going away very soon. There was some news today, or at least I think it was yesterday, that the big three would be trying to big brother the whole situation and isolate some of their players so that they could continue to play games, so that they could continue to put on an entertaining show for people that want to watch basketball. I wonder if that is being considered by the NBA, whether Adam Silver is considering something like that in a serious way. It wouldn't surprise me if he was. That's probably the best way for the NBA to continue to make money, to continue to Uh, be the best league that it can be for its owners and for its players because there's going to be a massive financial hit next season if this isn't resolved, if the NBA just continues to lose money. If they don't get a playoff revenue this year, that's where all of the viewership is made. That's where all of the ratings happen. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I am looking forward to seeing what the NBA decides to do. In the meantime, at Denver Stiffs, we continue to try and uh, entertain the masses, do do what we can to uh, keep the keep the ball rolling. On social media today and on Denver Stiffs, we released a bracket, a tournament-style bracket for the greatest nugget in franchise history. The top four seeds in the tournament were Nikola Jokic, Alex English, Carmelo Anthony, and Dikembe Mutombo. I was surprised that the general public didn't vote on David Thompson as one of the top as one of the top guys, but that's how the viewership wanted it. That's how the general masses wanted it voted upon, and so we created a bracket that had all of those guys in uh, various seedings. And so today, Nikola Jokic faced off against Michael Adams. I think he took that in a landslide. David Thompson faced off against uh, Wilson Chandler. He took that in a landslide. There were a couple of matchups that were a little bit closer, including Lafonso Ellis and Paul Millsap. So lots of interesting stuff going on right now. We will continue to release those bracket opportunities 
over the course of the next couple of weeks, we have it all diagrammed out in terms of who and what we're going to be releasing on what day. We'll basically go uh, region by region and try to narrow the field down, then move into the second round and third round over the course of the next couple of weeks, and then have a championship to see what Nuggets Nation thinks about their franchise history and who is the best player in that regard. I'm looking forward to it. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of cool stuff. Got to provide a massive shout out to Jenna Garcia, who did a great job on the bracket, did a great job with the seeding and things like that. Uh, We're having a good time with it. So keep an eye on that and go vote if you're interested in letting your voice be heard. Today's Nuggets Numbers podcast is going to focus on Gary Harris every week and for the last few weeks of Nuggets Numbers, I've been breaking down individual players in depth. First week, I did Jamal Murray. Last week, I did Jeremy Grant. This week, I'm doing Gary Harris. I'm going to be saving Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. for a little bit later, but I will be doing a bench player next week. Gary Harris, though, is a really interesting player to break down because if you if you know anything about the Nuggets this season, it was that Gary Harris had a really tough year. He was supposed to have a bounce back year. That was what was the hope, and it just didn't really manifest itself. If anything, he actually got a little bit worse on the offensive end, so lots of things to cover. Uh, first segment, we're going to go over the raw numbers. Second segment, we'll be talking about what those numbers say about his standing around the league and then about the playoffs specifically. And then in the final segment, I'll be talking about what I see from Gary Harris going forward, what I see from the Nuggets going forward, and what Gary Harris could be. Um, Spoiler alert, he may or may not be on the team. Uh, He's probably the guy under contract that is most likely to be traded. That's a pretty sad part. That's a pretty sad... uh, Sad sentiment for a player that's been a dedicated nugget for the last six seasons. He's been great. And it's just kind of how the business works sometimes. And let's just hope that he can figure it out and the Nuggets can figure it out. But it wouldn't surprise me if he was gone. So let's get into the numbers that really say why. That really give a a good picture of his strengths and his weaknesses, along with his league rankings. So... There were 24 qualified starting shooting guards in the NBA this year. Uh, lots of guys like Clay Thompson were was injured. Uh, the Detroit Pistons didn't really have a qualified starting shooting guard. Lots of teams had to go through those trials and tribulations. So only 24 guys really qualified. So these rankings that I'm about to give for Harris are out of 24 qualified starting shooting guards. Points per game. Gary Harris ranked 10, he had 10.4 points per game, which ranked 21st out of 24 players. Pretty low. 2.1 assists, ranked 17th. 2.9 rebounds, ranked 20th. 1.4 steals, ranked 5th. 0.3 blocks, ranked 15th. And let's stop there for a second and talk about that because... The overall production is pretty much down across the board. He did rebound a little bit better than he did last year, and that was kind of necessary. He had a really bad year rebounding. Uh, Assist-wise, he's always going to be low just given his situation, given the style that the Nuggets run. Nikola Jokic is the primary playmaker. 
Jamal Murray is the secondary playmaker and Will Barton is kind of the tertiary playmaker. Gary Harris is a finisher. He doesn't always have the ball come to him on certain sets, but when he does, his usual expectation is that he shoots that ball. He's not going to be a creator for others. And that's just kind of how things have crumbled over the course of the last couple of years. He used to really project as a possible creator, but I think that ship has sailed at least for now. Um, But those numbers are not exactly endearing for a starting shooting guard, except for the steals mark. And that really reflects just kind of the general consensus about his defense. He's usually a very impactful defender. You can get steals without being an impactful defender, but we have a, a lot of numbers that say his defense is very impactful. I will get to those in just a little bit. Um, blocks are low, though. Points, assists, rebounds are low. Uh, and he plays a significant amount. It's not like he is a starter like Paul Millsap that only plays 24 minutes a night. Gary Harris averaged 32 minutes a night this year. He was on the court for about two-thirds of the time. That's a that's a big deal. That's a, that's a big difference from what Paul Millsap was doing. And his raw numbers were better. His his even his percentages were better. Certainly his percentages. Two point percentage for Gary Harris on on twos only. He shot forty seven point nine percent, which is sixteenth in the among these starting guards. Three point percentage. He was at thirty three point three percent, which the kicker here, that's not that bad. But for a starting caliber shooting guard. It's really bad. He ranked 22nd in the NBA, um, and that's out of 24 qualified starting shooting guards. Only two guys had a lower three-point percentage than Harris this year, and that's with him bouncing back. He actually was a lot lower before his numbers after the All-Star break, which may be real, but they may not be. Free throw percentage, he was at 81.5%, which is 14th. That's average, but unremarkable. A true shooting percentage of 51.9%. That's 22nd. Only two guys were lower. One of them was Alfred Payton, uh, who plays for the New York Knicks. And the other was R.J. Barrett, who also qualified as a shooting guard. And actually, that that might be wrong. It was R.J. Barrett, who was a a starting shooting guard. And it was Dylan Brooks, who also was lower than him in true shooting percentage. That's not great. That's not... That's not some place that you want to be, especially for a Nuggets team that has really high stand. That they have high standards. They want to go places, um, and we'll talk about why, especially for Harris, that's important. But his shot profile is not one that you would expect from a role player. It's not one that you would expect from somebody who has a lot of shots created for them. of his attempts came at the rim. Uh, That's 68th percentile. That's pretty good. That's good. Uh, 16% of his shots came in the short mid-range. That's in the 59th percentile, which is slightly higher than average. Uh, And that involves the shooting guards that are also stars, that are also creating for themselves and others. Uh, They have to shoot those shots a lot of the time. Gary Harris doesn't have to shoot those shots. It's a choice, and I think it's the wrong choice. On long mid-range shots, he shot 10% 10 of his attempts came from the long mid-range area, 
and he was in the 56th percentile. So he was average there in terms of volume. Um, yeah, again, like when you're when you're at 26% of your shots in the mid-range, that's not usually where you want to be, especially as a role player. Best thing you can do is be at your most valuable in the at the rim attempts and beyond the arc. That's just how offense works nowadays. Players like Seth Curry for the Dallas Mavericks, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, those are kind of off-ball guards that work really well with Luka Doncic because they only attempt threes and shots at the rim, really. They've changed their shot profile. Uh, the Houston Rockets are very famous for this. A lot of people call it Mori Ball because Daryl Mori is the guy who really started using this to the extreme where the role players around guys like James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul before him, those guys are the ones creating the tough shots. Everybody else is taking easy shots, spot-up attempts, shots at the rim, transition, things of that nature. That's where I would hope Gary Harris is. That's where I hoped he would be this past season. That's not what we saw. He was not taking the shots that I personally think would be the best thing for the Nuggets. Um, he shot 26% on those short mid-range shots. That's really bad. That's in the 17th percentile for his position. That's really, really bad. However, he did shoot 45% from the long mid-range, which are jump shots mostly, which are pull-up jumpers. A lot of times where he comes around on a DHO... Sometimes he'll shoot the short floater, which was bad for him. Other times he will stop and take a dribble jumper. Or he will be run off the three-point line and he'll take a dribble jumper in the mid-range there. 45%, it's in the 77th percentile for combo guard or for wings. That's really good. That's a good place to be. 77th percentile, I think the Nuggets would take that if he was like that for most of his stuff. The problem is, is he didn't shoot well on threes. And he took a lot of short mid-range shots. And at his size, especially in today's NBA, he's not going to be the explosive finisher at the rim that he was at the start of his career. Those injuries have really sapped his ability to finish, which means he has to be a good jump shooter. He was good in the mid-range, but that's not enough. That's not what the Nuggets need. Among all qualified NBA starters with less than a 20% usage rate, there were 43 of those guys. Basically what that means is those players, they played enough to qualify, but their roles are role players. They are not those guys that take a lot of shots or go outside of their role. Harris, his true shooting percentage ranks 42nd out of those 43 players, ahead of only Alfred Payton. That's where I got the Alfred Payton mark earlier. Um, That's not great. That is comparable with the New York Knicks. That's not where you need to be in for the Nuggets if they if they really want to be a top offense or a top defense. If they want to be a top offense specifically, they have to make those tough decisions and they have to tell Harris, "Hey, look, you can't be taking some of these shots because they're actually hurting the team." If he shot more threes, if he got to the rim more, simply taking a higher proportion of those shots would improve his efficiency, would improve Denver's team efficiency. 
it would also have him become more comfortable in those situations, knowing when to pick and choose his spots and knowing when the best time for him to take those shots is. That's where he probably has to be. Um, if he can't create shots for himself, then doing a lot of dribbling, doing a lot of creation, taking those floaters, making those decisions, trying to get all the way to the rim, it's probably not something that's in the Nuggets' best interest. And that's a tough thing to say, but that's just where we're at with Gary Harris right now. He was one of the most valuable player shooting guards offensively uh, just two years ago. He averaged 17.5 points per game, shooting like 59% from uh, true shooting, 39% from three. Those are great. That's not the version of Gary Harris that's currently playing for the Nuggets right now. That's a really tough thing to talk about because it's just not what's actually there. So right now, defenses are living with Gary Harris taking shots. If it's not Jamal Murray, if it's not Will Barton, if it's not Nikola Jokic, if it's not a Paul Millsap three, they're living with it. And that's not something that can be sustainable for the Nuggets if Gary Harris continues to shoot the percentages that he shoots. He needs to be a player as a fourth or fifth option that strikes fear into the opponent if he gets a wide open shot. If he gets a wide open jumper and hits 40% on those jumpers, that's good enough. That's not where he's been at though. That's that's it's just not what's happening. His advanced metrics are pretty bad as well. Real plus minus has him very low. Box plus minus has him very low. PIPM is a little bit more kind, but it's still not great. Uh, I'm concerned for the statistical version of Gary Harris. He takes too many shots for the shots that he takes at the efficiency that he takes them. It's one of the reasons why the Nuggets really struggled this year. All of their players really struggled with floaters and in the floater zone, except for Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic this year. I wrote about it at the beginning of the year. It's something I was very concerned with, and it really came to pass. The Nuggets got burned by the floater this year. They took too many of them, and they didn't make enough. Gary Harris was a big culprit in that because he just couldn't get all the way to the rim or settled for a shot that would be less contact. That's too bad. Um, when we come back, we will talk about what the numbers say about his standing among starting shooting guards league-wide and how his playoff game translates versus a variety of teams. I actually like what Gary Harris could do against some teams, just not against others. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Nuggets numbers, Ryan Blackburn here. Gary Harris had a pretty tough year, and all of these numbers kind of point to exactly where he is in the starting shooting guard tiers. Uh, it's not great. It's not, a, it's not a good place to be. Even with the quality defense that he's playing, it's the defense is just less valuable at the shooting guard position than it is at other positions because – you can have a an elite point guard defender. You can have an elite small forward defender. And those guys could defend shooting guards if, if it came down to that. 
Uh, Gary Harris, unfortunately, he is 6'4", at least listed at 6'4", and he's just not going to be able to defend some of those larger players. So that puts him in a tougher tier. He's definitely behind all-star caliber players like James Harden, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, yada, yada, yada. There are other great starter caliber players as well. Zach Levine has broken out a little bit. Jalen Brown, CJ McCollum, Drew Holiday, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, even Evan Fournier has had a great offensive year. That shouldn't go amiss. He was probably Orlando's best offensive player this past season. There are other solid starters that definitely have a case over Harris, like Colin Sexton, who really improved. Terry Rozier, even though that's a little bit more debatable. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, good decision maker, good creator, good finisher. Um, Also, elite role players like Duncan Robinson, Jeremy Lamb, guys like that. Because they use their roles in kind of a, a more restrictive manner, Uh, They take the shots that they're supposed to take and make them very efficiently. Those guys are always going to be really good. The next tier down is where I have Gary Harris. That's in the tier with Josh Richardson, who may not deserve to be in this tier, but he had a down season. Kevin Herter, Wesley Matthews, Danny Green, Bryn Forbes. They're all statistically kind of in that same tier as Harris. That's roughly the 18th to 23rd best shooting guard in the NBA. Uh, Clay Thompson is obviously somebody I didn't talk about. He's above what Gary Harris is right now. Um, 18th to 23rd, and I'm probably being pretty generous when I say 18th. It's not a great place to be, and the Nuggets need somebody better than that if they want to make some noise in the playoffs. It could be Gary Harris, If Harris shoots 40% instead of 33%, then a lot of things change. And unfortunately, the defense is really hard to quantify. It is notable, though, that his defensive RPM, his defensive PIPM, Harris ranks first overall among shooting guards and eighth overall among shooting guards, or starter shooting guards, at those respective metrics. That's a good place to be. That showcases the kind of value that you want from somebody defensively like that. And let me tell you, the primary reason for that is his versatility in guarding different guards, in guarding both on the ball and off the ball. He can defend players like Damian Lillard and uh, Stephen Curry a little bit. Not, Not great, but Kemba Walker, guys like that who are short point guards, who are superstar caliber or at least all-star caliber he can match up with those players he can also match up with the the off-ball shooting guards guys like uh buddy healed and bogdan bogdanovich and from the sacramento kings he can match up match up with those guys and make their life a living hell based off of the way he defends off ball he jumps passing lanes He gets into the the airspace on DHOs. He's really good in those situations. And that's one of the things that makes it really difficult to quantify just his offense because most of these rankings are going to focus on the offense, but with Gary Harris and with the Nuggets specifically, might make sense to focus more on the defense. But still, 33% from three just isn't going to get it done in today's NBA. It has to come up from that. Let's talk about his playoff viability because 
I think Gary Harris's game translates pretty well. It just kind of depends on the matchup, though. There are some players and against some teams that he would do really well. Uh, unfortunately, he's tough to figure out because of how matchup-based this is. Um, last year in the playoffs, he was great defending guards, guys like Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, DeMar DeRozan, Derek White. However, not every team has players like that. Utah does. They have Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley. Oklahoma City has uh, Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Dennis Schroeder. Houston has Westbrook and Harden. But there are teams that don't. Their primary playmakers on the perimeter are bigger guys. LeBron James with the Lakers, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George with the Clippers, Luka Doncic with the Dallas Mavericks. That would be a really tough matchup for Denver, and it's the last game that they played in their regular season, and it really showcased just how good Luka Doncic is and how much bigger he is than Gary Harris. That's a tough matchup for anybody, and especially Gary Harris, just because of he has a lot to make up for. He's very smart, he's very intelligent defensively, but sometimes there's only so much intelligence and basketball IQ can do for you. Being tall really helps. If there isn't a star guard on the floor, then Gary Harris's importance defensively diminishes. He's not on ball, he's not making life hell for opposing top guards, uh, and he would have to rely on being an efficient shooter offensively, which may or may not hap- have happened in these playoffs. It looked like he was coming back and playing pretty well, but it's not a guarantee. There's nothing guaranteed about it. Um, as I've written about and spoken about in the past, it's difficult to envision Denver succeeding in the playoffs with a Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton backcourt. Uh, that trio especially against a team like the Lakers or the Clippers or the Mavericks, those teams aren't going anywhere. At least maybe the Lakers will go somewhere eventually, but the Clippers guys are in their prime. They may walk, but I don't see a reason why they would. Uh, Luka Doncic certainly isn't going anywhere from the Mavericks. The Nuggets will need to figure out a way how to defend him. Uh, That could mean changing a lot of things, but the easiest way for the Nuggets to do that going forward would be if their starting shooting guard could do it because that would free up Jamal Murray, that would free up Will Barton, that would free up Michael Porter Jr. in those situations if Gary Harris was able to take on a variety of different assignments. He can take on top guards, but he can't take on top forwards. And that's a that's a big red flag uh, for Denver's championship potential because right now, The best players in the NBA, the most dangerous players in the NBA, are the elite forwards, are the playmaking forwards who can really take over a game offensively because of how physically dominant and skilled they are. Uh, There's not a lot that Gary Harris can do about that. Still, if Gary Harris can, if he has to face a team and Denver has to face a team in the playoffs with an elite guard, they're not going to want Murray and Barton defending that player uh, in the future. If it could be, it could be one of Utah, Oklahoma City, or Houston, especially right now, or it could be New Orleans and they have Drew. It could be Memphis and they have John Morant. It could be Portland again with Lillard and McCollum. It could be Phoenix with Devin Booker or Sacramento with Fox or Heald. Like there are a lot of players 
that Gary Harris would be able to match up for. And that makes him super valuable to have on the floor. The Nuggets don't have another guy like that under contract. Torrey Craig's about to be a free agent. He may be gone. He could go anywhere. Uh, he is a restricted free agent, but with the Nuggets' financial situation, that's a, it's a tough thing. So when we come back, I want to talk about those finances a little bit, but also talk about what I see from Gary Harris and the Nuggets going forward because there are a couple of different scenarios that could happen. Have to be prepared for Gary Harris to possibly be traded. We will be right back. Okay, back to Nuggets numbers. Ryan Blackburn here. Let's talk about Gary Harris and the Nuggets future. Um, starting with the finances, Gary Harris is owed roughly $39.5 million over the next two seasons. That's about $19.75 per year. It's a lot of money for a fourth or fifth option offensively. Most of the time, teams don't pay, pay that much money for a player that they don't want to run offense through. Um, and the Nuggets are going to owe Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic a lot of money over the next few years. Uh, Harris is with that. Barton is with that. They're on sizable contracts. If the Nuggets want to bring back their actual team of Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, Mason Plumley, Torrey Craig, those guys are all set to be free agents. Monte Morris and Michael Porter Jr. are on, are on rookie deals, but they're not going to be rookie deals forever. Morris will be a free agent in the next offseason, 2021. Porter will be a free agent in the 2022 offseason. They will eventually be owed money. And I am a little bit worried that Gary Harris could be a cap casualty because of that. If the Nuggets believe that they can get what Gary Harris provides them at a lesser price, then that may be the direction that they want to go with the unlikelihood that this team will pay the tax and the financial bind that they will have if they want to bring back Jeremy Grant and or Mason Plumley or Paul Millsap. Could Torrey Craig defend those guards in the starting lineup? He's a little bit more versatile with his size. He's not a great guy defending bigger players, but he's at least 6'6". He's at least a little bit thicker. Uh, he could defend those guys at a fraction of the price of what Gary Harris provides, but he is a much more limited offensive player right now, and that isn't going to change that much going forward. Will Barton is the better offensive player, but he's a lot worse defensively, especially against the best of the best. Uh, there are certain players that Will Barton can match up with, but not the best players. Uh Gary Harris has shown that he can match up with those players and be consistently good, uh, consistently uh, fluster players. Uh, that's not something that Barton has been able to do yet. And I don't think Murray should be tasked with defending those top players if the Nuggets want him to defend the way that he should or to play the way that he should offensively. Nor should they ask Michael Porter Jr. to do that. He has so much to worry about offensively. Uh, making sure that he can be the best player that he can be. The Nuggets' responsibility to him should be making things as easy as they can for him on the defensive end. Now, he will be a little limited in some situations, or he may have to 
guard somebody really good, like against the Los Angeles Lakers, what if he was the starter at small forward? You probably wouldn't have him defend LeBron James, but you might have to have him defend Anthony Davis. That's a tough ask. That's a that's a really tough ask. Um, does that make Gary Harris's contract worth it if nobody else can do what he does? If nobody else can be as great as he can be defensively against those elite guards? Now, he may not be perfect. He may not be able to defend those big forwards, but very few players can. Very few players can defend everybody. Guys like Drew Holiday, Marcus Smart, Ben Simmons, maybe even Matisse Thybul, uh, those are the kinds of players that I can see guarding just about everybody on the perimeter. Uh, that's only three guys. There aren't that many out there. And so usually you have to be a little bit more specialized. Gary Harris's specialty just happens to be defending guards. It makes him slightly less valuable, but not that much. And it may mean that Denver shouldn't trade him for the sake of financial flexibility. Because if this team takes a step back defensively, then they're probably not winning a championship. Unless they add somebody else who's comparable defensively to the starting unit. It's a real gamble, though, if they decide to go with Torrey Craig, or if they decide to go all offense with Will Barton and Michael Porter Jr., or even if they try to bring in somebody else entirely. Nobody knows how the chemistry is going to work out. Even if they brought in Drew Holiday. It's not a perfect fit. Drew would probably want to facilitate a little bit, would probably want the ball in his hands. How many players can you realistically have the ball in their hands? Can you consistently put Jamal Murray, Drew Holiday, and Michael Porter Jr. on the floor along with Nikola Jokic? There's only one basketball. I mean, you have to be skilled in order to play well and in order to be versatile, but that's a lot of guys who aren't great shooters. Some of them are really good, but not great. Uh, that's, a, that's a tough ask. So even if you got one of those elite defenders, nothing is ever certain. There are always benefits and detriments to going certain ways. But because the Nuggets are locked in to Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, because they can and should care about developing Michael Porter Jr. as a starter, which means bringing back Jeremy Grant and providing and making that trio of Porter, Grant, and Jokic a reality, I think the Nuggets are really going to have a choice between bringing back Harris or Barton as the starting shooting guard. Now, they may bring back both and just decide to start one and make the other the sixth man, uh, but there may not be enough money for to, to really do that. You may have to let go of Mason Plumlee and Paul Millsap in order to make that happen. That would be really tough. That's a lot of veteran leadership and skill in the front court that you just lost because you brought back those guys. So there are a lot of questions to answer. There are a lot of factors that go into this. The COVID-19 ramifications are even going to, they're going to make that even more complicated because the Nuggets may be dealing with even less money than what is expected. And with the TV deal that they did not sign, and they didn't get any of that revenue from local markets, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if there is less money to play around with than even I'm thinking of. And I very much doubt that the Kronkies are going to pay the tax. 
That's just a factor. That's that's it's something that no Nuggets fan can control. It's something that some of us may or may not understand, may or may not really appreciate. It's not our money, so nobody really wants to hear that the the front office can't pay the luxury tax or they choose not to. Um, but would you choose to pay the luxury tax for a team that doesn't necessarily have a chance to win a championship? Uh, the Nuggets have proven so far that they don't have what it takes. That they are still a ways away. That there are still a couple of pieces, maybe one, maybe two, maybe even three, that they really need to make some noise. They might need Jamal Murray to grow. They might mean they might need Nikola Jokic to be even better. I wrote an article today for Stat of the Week about the last 20 NBA champions and what is expected. You have to be in the top three of net rating in order to make it work. That means being dominant, likely on both sides of the ball. Uh, most of the time it's offense, but sometimes, like even now, it's defensively. Uh, it's very rare for a team to not be in the top three in their net rating and still win a championship. I think the best thing for Denver to do in all likelihood is to bring back Gary Harris as the starting two because I think his defensive capabilities are more important for Denver to become their best selves than Will Barton's ball handling and playmaking. Or uh, if it was like Torrey Craig at the three, then Barton's playmaking might be really important. But that's just not how the Nuggets are going to build. They want to, they're going to want to, I can't, I can't say this with certainty, but it's very likely that they're going to try and turn Michael Porter Jr. into the player that we think he can be. That's a starting caliber player that takes a lot of shots, uh, that may need some assistance defensively. Having Will Barton and Jamal Murray next to him, along with having Nikola Jokic, who while a good defender is not, he's not going to cover up for a lot of people's mistakes. Uh, that's a really tough ask. Uh, either way, the last two seasons that Gary Harris has put forward, they put him right in the crosshairs of being either benched or traded. It may be for Barton. It may be for somebody else. It may be for Porter. Uh, that's going to be a tough situation too, especially in the locker room. Uh, this, there's something going on with this team that, that the, the vibe just wasn't the same. Uh, they weren't the same kind of upstart team that was really excited about the playoffs and really excited about competing. There was something missing there. Maybe they do need to make a change. Maybe that changes trading Harris. Maybe that changes something entirely different. Maybe Gary Harris is what exactly they need. But they really have, over the last couple of years, discovered a lot of things about themselves that lead me to think things could change. Murray has blossomed into the primary guard playmaker. Jokic turned into a superstar. Porter showcased his superstar scorer potential. Will Barton had an injury, but he came back and showed his versatility and his capabilities as both a, a scorer and a facilitator. Unless the Nuggets believe that Gary Harris can make an all-defensive caliber jump and become that level of defender over the next couple of seasons, and or his jump shooting also gets back to where it needs to be, they may decide that they want to move on. 
They may decide that that's in their best interest, in their best interest on the court, financially, uh, with the staleness of the team overall. Uh, there are a lot of factors that could go into that decision. There are also a lot of factors in going into bringing him back. He is one of the best defenders on the team, if not the best. Paul Millsap is probably gone this next year. It wouldn't surprise me if Gary Harris, when he comes back, is automatically the team's best defender. He may have a massive impact on what the Nuggets ultimately do. He has the capability to be that guy against James Harden and Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and those types of small guards, or even big guards, like not, not Luka Doncic big, but pretty big. Those guys need somebody to defend them. Gary Harris is one of the best in the NBA at doing that. His one limitation is his size, defensively. That may be enough for the Nuggets to say that they need somebody different. The Nuggets may say, hey, we can't have two guys in the backcourt that are 6'4 or shorter. In which case, they're probably not trading Jamal Murray. They might trade Gary Harris. They might bench Gary Harris. They might bring him back. Whatever the case may be, it's going to be a really topsy-turvy offseason for him. I think it's very possible that he could be heard in rumors, that the Nuggets may be shopping him, that they may decide to look at their options before ultimately deciding whether to bring him back or not. But if this is goodbye, if this is the final game of Gary Harris's Nuggets career, then be thankful for the dude. He's had some great moments. He's been the glue that holds this team together. Jamal Murray is the, the he's a spark plug. Nikola Jokic is kind of the engine. Paul Millsap kind of lifted them over the top, but all the while, through all of the trials and tribulations, Gary Harris was there. Never lose sight of that appreciation because he was a true professional, and it would be really tough to see him go. One of the better people in this Nuggets locker room, and it would be sad because he has been there the entire time. So that's going to do it for this edition of Nuggets Numbers. I am going to continue to do these player profiles over the next several weeks. Next week will be a bench player. Let me know in the comments who you want me to talk about. It's not Michael Porter Jr. Let me save that till the end. Uh, having a lot of fun doing this. It's been really, uh, really, really fun, really important in reflecting on what has gone well and what has not gone well for this Nuggets team. It's given me a lot of perspective on what I think this Nuggets team should really be doing. And I hope that it gives you the perspective as well. Really enjoying myself. Thank you for tuning again to this Nuggets Numbers edition. I will see you guys next week.